Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics and ending the stigma through educational discussions. On today's episode, we welcome Michael Zappi Zappelin, an entrepreneur that found success as an early internet pioneer and is known for his documentary film, The Reality of Truth, which focuses on the importance of going inside one's own mind for answers and healing. The film follows actress Michelle Rodriguez, Zappi, and his friends on a deeply personal journey of discovery on an ayahuasca and San Pedro retreat in South America. Exploring the relationship between spirituality, religion, meditation, and plant medicine, the reality of truth continues to inspire millions of people around the world, including us here at PNP, because after watching the film, we just had to invite Zappi to the show. Zappi's often called a psychedelic concierge to help celebrities, thought leaders, and business icons have a conscious transformation. As a passionate advocate for ketamine therapy, Zappi co-founded the nonprofit organization, The Ketamine Fund, which grants free ketamine treatments to veterans and others who are suicidal. The organization is dedicated to dramatically reducing U.S. suicide rates by utilizing this powerful legal psychedelic medicine. Welcome, Zappi. Welcome, Zappy. Yes. (laughs) We'd like to start off learning about our guest's story. So hoping that you can tell our listeners how you move from working on Wall Street to to being a seeker of higher medicines. Mm, Yes. You know, I what happened to me is probably what happens to everybody. It just sort of hit me at that moment where I was doing everything that life told me to do, that my parents and the institutions around me told me I should do. And then I was sitting there after have done it all, you know, go to school, get a job, make money, have a family. You're going to be totally fulfilled. And I was sitting there and I was like, wow, you know what? I'm happy, but like, I'm not completely fulfilled. Like, I don't even still know why I'm here. And so it hit me right in that moment that if I was going to get the answer to that question, I was going to have to go inside my own mind. And I'd been hearing about ayahuasca. This is back in like 2011. And I heard about ayahuasca and stuff. And um, I actually, you know, got a few invitations to do it um, early on. And I turned them down because I was scared. And um, I wound up saying to myself, well, if you ever get yourself in like a perfect situation and you can do this and you can really take the time to go inside, and I, you know, I'm going to do it. And I, that opened up to me when some friends of mine started, you know, also hearing the same calling at the same time. And one of those people was Michelle Rodriguez, the actress. And we all said, Hey, let's just go down to Peru. Let's have the ayahuasca for ourselves and we'll film it and be in the rainforest. And so when I got that opportunity, it was like, I had no other excuse left. I was still scared, but I was like, ah, what, what am I going to do? I have to do it, you know? So I wound up going down and having the ayahuasca experience. And I had had some pretty good experiences with psychedelics when I was younger, but I was sort of doing them just like a young person does, you know, to experiment, have a good time, check it out. But I figured if I could do the plant medicine this time with real intent, that maybe that would be what I was looking for in my life as far as figuring out, you know, the questions that I had about myself and what I was doing here. So I wound up going down and having this transformative experience with the, with the ayahuasca. And, you know, I, I talk a little bit about it in the reality of truth. 
um, about what my experience specifically was with the ayahuasca in the jungle. But one thing that wasn't in the movie that I want to tell you guys, which was really one of my most profound psychedelic experience that I ever had, um, was that I found myself in this present moment awareness, you know, with no future, no past, just right there. And I did feel this sense that there was like this spirit energy that was with me. I was thinking, you know, this is, you know, the energy, mother nature, and, you know, I could feel it there. And I decided to, you know, ask this really big question, like, why do bad things happen? And I was sucked out to the edge of the universe. And when I was out there, I talked a little bit about it in the reality truth. But what I didn't say is that this profound moment where I heard the voice speak to me, which I was like, oh, my, this is God talking to me. Um, and God said to me, do you know how you're breathing right now? And I was sitting there, I thought about it and I was like, no, I don't, I don't really know how I'm breathing right now. And then it said, you're, you're growing your own hair. Do you know how you're doing it? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't know. And then it said, well, then what makes you think I need your help? And I was just like, wow, yeah, holy shit. I don't even know how I'm breathing. Like, how am I going to get all upset? Because these people aren't listening to me and this is happening. Wow, all this stuff is like as a human. And I thought, wow, I literally don't even know how I'm breathing. How? And when I went back into regular life from that experience, I just, I cut, I cut myself all kinds of breaks because I was just like, well, if I don't know the basis of that breathing, I don't do it for two minutes, I die, but I don't know that. I'm just not going to get that worked up about anything anymore. It's just not, you know, I don't know anything. So I got to be good with that. And uh, it was really transformative in that moment. You know, and I'm sure you guys in your plant medicine experience, you had some aha moment where you're just like, oh, wow, I have to go talk about this the rest of my life. Everything else is just total garbage compared to this experience. So you know, that's really how I got to the moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to put this movie out and I'm going to try to advocate for people going inside, you know, kind of trusting nature. And at the same time, I thought, you know, it's important to, you know, not take it too seriously either because, you know, all of the foundations of being a human were kind of peeled away. And I say in the reality of truth that the funniest, craziest part about that experience was when we came out of it, you know, several hours later, there was like 13 of us in the room, including the shaman and his assistant. And we'd all drank different amounts of ayahuasca and we were different sizes and everything. But it, about seven or eight hours later, we came out of it in the same moment. We just opened our eyes and we were like, you just come out? We, and we just, it was like the ayahuasca energy just like what left the room. And we were all like in shock, you know, and, and then I started laughing because I realized that I just got like the cosmic joke of the universe, which was, you know, that God, the man with the white beard and Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, and I was with God and it was a woman. And I was just like, wow, if the foundation of every religion and everything we were talking about is wrong, then, you know, I have to take everything with that you know, filter now and not take things too seriously if the foundation of, you know, all every society is off and, you know, uh, I don't know how I'm breathing like that. To me, that's the power of 
you know, psychedelics and plant medicine and things like that is that when you come back out of it into your, you know, waking life, you, you carry some of that with you. And then you think to yourself, when a tough situation happens in life, that's going to invariably happen. You just are like, ah, you know what? Like maybe there's something bigger going on. I don't know about, I'm not going to panic. Let me see how it plays out. And I think just carrying that forward, you know, is really, really healthy uh, in life. And I want it for everybody. So that's kind of why I'm out pounding the table saying, don't take my word for it, you know, have the experience yourself. And I think you'll find that, you know, the answers that you're seeking, and, you know, maybe even some more questions that you never thought of that, you know, you could tap into that. Well, we are very glad that you brought your camera with you because that was such a special thing. I mean, when you when you first went down there and it's like, okay, I have a couple friends, we're going to go try this out. I mean, did you ever really think that it could have turned into what it was? I mean, now, I mean, the film has been seen by so many millions of people um, and has made so much impact. I mean, you know, the film did come out a couple years ago, but we feel that it still resonates right now so much with the cultural, just the psychedelic renaissance happening that we're having right now. It just, it, we want to make sure that our listeners know that the reality of truth is available for free on YouTube right now. So you can go and enjoy this film and watch it. And we want to make sure that if you missed it when it came out, that it's just as relevant, if not even maybe a little bit more relevant because the conversation is so much more now around this, that you can actually look at this and know that you know this you're you're exposing these these plant medicines in such an amazing way by sharing your story so authentically so we're kind of curious you know do you feel maybe you're a little bit ahead of your time when the film came out or what was that like with the process for you from then until now yeah you know i mean i think it probably was a little bit ahead of its time in that you know i've had the you know luck of being you know able to to some degree you know, look beyond the, you know, the normal and see some trends and things like that. And so I've been able to see some trends in business, like domain names being something, the internet happening, legal cannabis happening. And then, you know, when I had this realization about the plant medicine, and I think right now, just like you said, this is, it's probably more appropriate right now because coming out of coronavirus, I feel like everybody has some amount of PTSD, some amount of trauma, or anxiety that have been exacerbated by what we're going through. And so like, what do we do about that? And I think, you know, as much as I love cannabis, I don't think that's here to triage society in one moment and say, okay, here's a different perception of your reality going forward. And that, but psychedelics can do that. And so, you know, I kind of feel really good that, you know, in this moment where, we all are feeling that kind of anxiety and PTSD that there are things here and that uh, in this crisis moment, we have to take this opportunity to kind of break free and say, hey, you know, antidepressants and things and talk therapy have gotten us into the situation that we're in even prior to COVID. We really need some kind of a alternative breakthrough opportunity. And that is represented in psychedelics because when you... Uh, have that experience, um, you know, really, uh, it seems like as we go, you know, it looks like we're going towards a cliff, but nature is very intelligent and it's bringing out plants that can help with mental health issues and things like that. And so I think right now, probably the best time in the world for somebody to 
you know, go inside their own mind and take advantage of the fact that we're in a pandemic and we're trying to figure out what to do. And if you can help yourself right now, that you're going to be like a, in a great place coming out of coronavirus. And the people that go back to things like antidepressants and talk therapy, they're going to be in a tough spot. And so I think, you know, it's so cool that, you know, we're having this conversation at a time where it's, it is so open and so acceptable where, you know, in 2012 or 11, when we were going down to Peru and I told my family and friends I was doing it, they were like, you're nuts. Like you're never coming back. Like you're going to go insane, like apocalypse now, you know? And, but, you know, today people realize that, you know, this is medicinal and uh, this is a real opportunity where in the crisis, you know, maybe the silver lining on the whole pandemic and crisis that we're going to embrace alternative opportunities that we wouldn't have embraced prior to a crisis like this. So I want to ask you, what what does it really what does it feel like? Can you describe like your physical uh, after you drink the ayahuasca? What that feels like? You've explained sort of sub, what your visuals and, um, but yeah, if you had to tell somebody, okay, this is what it's going to be like for you, yeah, physically. Uh- yeah, I, you know, I'm sure everybody's experience is a little bit different, but right. my experience was that, um, you know, after I took it, uh, maybe 45 minutes or later, we started to feel the effects. And, you know, at first it's a little bit chaotic because your brain is sort of going from like, you know, a hundred thoughts a minute to, you know, a million thoughts a minute, but you're, 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 you're handling it. Your brain is handling it and you're, having a very powerful visual situation happen. But I think what happens after that, you know, a couple of things that are interesting, I say this in the reality of truth, but I was sitting there having this incredible experience and, you know, having just an, you know, really epic, what you might call visual experience with my eyes closed. But at a certain point, I all of a sudden realized that I had just died. And it was a, since it was like a really scary moment because it wasn't like I was thinking about death. It was like I sat there and I was like, oh, my God, I think I just died. And I think I could go into this and never come back or I could maybe pull back from this and come back into my physical body. And when I was in there in the death, you know, I was I was going to have a heart attack as it was you know, it was overwhelming. But I did feel this spirit presence that was with me that helped me sort of to get through that part of it. And I, you know, as I got through it and I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is so dynamic, you know, death, like, wow, like this is exciting. Like I understand why maybe you could be in here for eternity and not even be bored. Uh, Wow. I guess I never have to be afraid of death again, which was liberating right in that moment. But also I thought to myself, you know, if I am going to come back out of this and go back into my physical body, you know, and I'm going to be walking around in a virtual reality suit, I was like, I might as well enjoy every day of that. And I might as well, you know, just try to do something with that. And so I said to myself, let's, you know, go back into the virtual reality suit because I have that opportunity to do. But, you know, I came out of it and I was completely no longer afraid of death. And um, that is liberating. 
And then after I went through that part, I went into like this very blissful, many hours of bliss where, uh, you know, people meditate in caves for 30 years to try to get to this spot where you're totally transcended. And I felt like I could ask any question. I could look at anything from the past or the future. I just, it really was that, you know, uh, amazing or an organic situation that I felt myself in. And so I did, I asked some big questions, you know, why do bad things happen and things like that. Um, and I was shown that the universe on a whole is completely perfect. It's totally balanced, including the planet. If something bad happens over here, you know, it'll get made up over here. It's complete balance. It just looks chaotic, you know, when you get into the you know, the weeds of it. And to see it from that, you know, vantage point, I just, it was so freeing. It was like, that's why I, I rant about, you know, these experiences, because I feel like when, once you have that, if you can, you know, get rid of your fear of death, which is what causes most people to have all the addictions and, you know, mm -hmm. things that they have, um, that's exciting for anybody. And then, you know, to get your some of your questions answered, and if I knew questions, uh, that feels like, uh, you know, just the, almost like maybe the best part of living and having a brain. And, you know, we, they say we only use 5% of it, but I think when you use these catalysts, you're turning on more of your brain. And so why would you want to walk around with this, you know, supercomputer in your head, that you know, is a supercomputer and you're only using a little bit. I think it's like, you know, something that you should consider in your lifetime, turning on more of your brain in a way that's going to help you in your physical reality now. Well, you did answer my next question because I was going to ask about, you know, if entire medicine changed your perception around death, which you answered so eloquently. So thank you, because there was a part of the film where there was a woman who had suddenly lost um, her partner. And I guess through that journey, she was talking about feeling sad that she was left behind here in this realm. And I think that there are so many people that have lost loved ones during COVID and during so many different things this past year. This is such a difficult time that, you know, we really feel that these plant medicines, like you said, it gives us that chance to, you know, we're suffer suffering this, this collective trauma, this isolation that we're being forced upon us by, and what better way than to turn inward in ourself. And if we can let go of that fear, I think that that's so great. And I think your film does, does a really excellent job of, of showing how the plant medicines can help us have that death of ego. I just wanted to say thank you. I mean, that was one of the most brilliant explanations. Like that is what I've been waiting to hear from someone to just tell me what you just told me. <laughs> so um, I hope everybody you know, else. I want to pile on there and say, you know, I think that what's really exciting too is that, you know, what I'm finding when I came back from Peru, I wanted everybody to do plant medicine and some of the people were still afraid, you know, or they had myths that they've been told and stuff. And so I started to think, oh, let me find, uh, you know, more. let me find out more in my discovery. And so I actually wound up doing uh, Iboga, which is an African root that's known to break a heroin addiction or a opiate addiction in, you know, one session, 12 hours or so. And um, I just wanted to understand how that could even be possible. So I went down and, you know, put myself into a iboga situation and that was 
transformative. You know, that was really sort of a next level experience for me. Um, it kind of answered a lot of the unanswered questions I had, even from my ayahuasca or my San Pedro or my psilocybin experiences uh, that I, you know, I don't recommend it for everybody because it's a very intense experience, but it almost feels like, you know, a rite of passage and it only lasts, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours, something like that before you're out on the other side of it. And, you know, compared to being addicted to drugs or depressed and, you know, not enjoying life, it's like, if you could just do this and put yourself into the present moment going forward, um, it feels really like the right thing to do for a lot, a lot of people. And I, I do want to mention too with the film that you ta- you do um, bring up the importance of the integration after using the plant medicines. So it's not just like let's do these and see what happens and see how we feel. It's like no, like the, a lot of time, like the hard work seems to happen after you take the medicine. And I and being able to be with others that have gone through those experiences and share those experiences, it seems to be just such an important part of the journey. Do you feel that that integration is is really a part of that importance? Yeah, I do. That's a really good point. I mean, integration is critical because, you know, you have to come back into your everyday life and experience, you know, this 3D virtual reality and other people and situations and things. And so um, I think, you know, the, the, the key is to do it, first of all, with somebody who's trained to guide you so that you have as good an experience as possible and you get as much from it as you can. I think if you try to do it on your own and order it over the internet and do it one weekend in your apartment, you might cause yourself some additional trauma instead of getting the benefit. So that's, you know, number one. Number two, you know, once you start to integrate it, like in the reality of truth, you see Michelle Rodriguez, you know, her and I followed up, you know, multiple times and we would film together. We did psychedelics a few times together after that. And the idea was just like, you know, hey, that was an amazing experience. But now here I am back in Hollywood in my life or whatever it was. Um, And that was like, like you said, how Michelle dealt with the death of actor Paul Walker, her friend, you know, was a different way than she would have dealt with it uh, otherwise. And I have a movie coming out in the next handful of weeks with Lamar Odom, the basketball player, Kardashian. And I help him to do uh, a psychedelic intervention that includes ketamine, which I want to talk a little bit about to triage him. He'd never done psychedelics before. And then I want to introduce him to plant medicine and brought him down to Mexico to do iboga as well. And the cool part about that is like the integration of that experience is important because, you know, even after you do the ayahuasca, the iboga, you know, as they say, that's 50% of it. The other 50% is up to you. And so, you know, you come back into your existing life and you might even make bad decisions. It's not that all of a sudden you're totally, you know, enlightened and no problems or anything. It's just, you still 50% of you is your old reactive self. So you might go even use drugs or you might get yourself in a bad situation. But when you do, you're going to look at it and go, hmm, you know what? this doesn't really resonate with me anymore. I think I'm not going to do this. So the idea isn't just to like do your plant medicine, have your experience, and then you're cured and everything's great. Kumbaya. It's like, 
Well, now you have this tool that you can use in your everyday experience life. And I think that's like, you know, where it's exciting to get to use what you learned and, you know, go through these lessons, but also knowing, hey, I have the, the medicine inside of me and, you know, let me see where, you know, that helps me to go. So. So we've read that you believe higher medicine can change the world and that leaders like Trump and Hillary Clinton would be well served to participate in an ayahuasca journey. And we're also interested in talking to thought leaders and legislatures um, about higher medicine and just wanted to know if you could give us a recommendation or advice of how to approach these people, some maybe knowing about plant medicine, some knowing nothing about it? Good, good question. You know, my feeling is that, you know, rather than try to convince them to experience enlightenment and all this kind of stuff, I think the, 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 maybe the, the positive part about the crisis we're in is that people are coming now for depression, anxiety, addiction, um, you know, things like that, that they're not like trying to, you know, get enlightened. They're just trying to cure their mental health. And I think that when people come to it from that perspective, I need healing. They're not so concerned with whether it's plant medicine or if it's a psychedelic, they just want healing. So they come to it for healing and they get that. And then they have this new appreciation. And my theory is that, you know, if we have a critical mass of people who've gone inside their minds and come out with more empathy because that's sort of what the world's missing right now is the amount of empathy that we need to solve real problems. The only way I've seen people get instantly more empathy is that they either have a near death experience or they have some breakthrough with a major catalyst like a master plant. So if we could get enough people to go inside, come back out with more empathy and we had a critical mass, then any problem like violence or water in a hundred years or whatever, we'll all be thinking in the context of inclusiveness, oneness, empathy, and really be able to put yourself in people's shoes. Because I think that's a difference between, you know, we all care about causes and things, but it's really hard sometimes to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And I think when you have one of these transformative plant medicine or some other catalyst, then you're empathetic and then you could really be part of the solution. So I think we have to get that out. And I think ketamine is probably a really exciting gateway because, you know, it's FDA approved. Um, it is interesting because people always think it's synthetic. It's made in a lab, but really it's organic in that they take some salts and some minerals, put them together and this new ketamine crystal grows. And this ketamine crystal, what I like about it, uh, you know, even over plant medicine for what we're talking about with Western society being triaged is that, you know, when you take plant medicine, there's a certain amount of the legacy of where that plant grew, the energy of that, where it grew, who harvested it, you know, who prepared it. You're getting all of that when you take it and synthesize it. But with the ketamine, it's so uniform. It's so the same every time that it's very, very predictable. And for whatever reason, this ketamine can unlock an area of your brain, basically 80% of your brain can be unlocked. And so rather than 
using 5%, you've got, you know, full access because ketamine is a psychedelic, but it's not a hallucinogenic. So like, you know, the walls aren't melting and things like that. It's a dissociative. So that means it's dissociating your left and right brain, basically letting them communicate freely without your ego getting involved. And when you do that, it's, it's a cathartic experience to let your brain do what it wants to do. And then the science on the ketamine is really powerful, which is that you have this area of your brain called the default mode network that a lot of people are starting to hear about. But there's a mechanism in there called your lateral habenula. And your lateral habenula is recording all the stress you've ever had in your whole life. And when it becomes too much, your brain goes into burst mode which is a completely different brain state and it shuts off your dopamine production and your dopamine is your, you know, your happiness and your motivation. And so as the the first time that you do a medical ketamine dose, you, your brain comes out of burst mode, you immediately start getting your dopamine back. And so we have, you know, people that we sit with that do it and their husband or the wife will call us the next day and they're like, oh my God, they just cleaned the garage. Like they've been threatening to do that for 10 years. Like how is that even possible, you know? And it's just simply the brain came out of burst mode. They started to get dopamine and now they're living a better life, number one. And then number two, you know, the the, uh, ketamine experience lasts about 45 minutes. And then after that, the ketamine metabolizes in your body into this hydroxynorketamine, which is actually shown to build new neural pathways in your brain around trauma and depression. So this is like the biggest breakthrough in mental health that's ever happened. Uh, Thomas Insel, the head of the National Institute of Mental Health, he called ketamine uh, the biggest breakthrough. Cleveland Clinic called it a top 10 medical breakthrough for treatment-resistant depression. And so what I love about it is just what I was saying is people aren't going to come because they want to get enlightened or have some crazy psychedelic experience. They just want to not be depressed. They want to not have anxiety or depre- or addiction. So they come and they do it and then boom, they find themselves in present moment awareness as if they'd gone down to the jungle and sat with a shaman and wham, they have that experience. But then they come out of it and there's a lot less integration needed with the ketamine Um, maybe because it doesn't have the legacy of the plant material and things like that, but, you know, people pop right back up and, you know, I think it's probably the gateway to people being triage for PTSD and then eventually finding plant medicine because everybody that does the ketamine immediately says, okay, I'm ready to do plant medicine to meditate. I want to learn about breathing. I think I'm going to start working out. It's like, you're just like, Oh my God, like what just happened? You know? And it is that significant shift that you get from being in present moment awareness, whether that's for, you know, a minute or, you know, half hour or 45 minutes like ketamine or few hours in ayahuasca or iboga, but you can't duplicate that, what that means to your life and the fact that in the ketamine you can do it you know in one hour and then go back to work uh, it's incredible but sappy we have i have a doctor here in maryland that's doing the therapy and i'm like doctor i would like to try it and he said elizabeth it's really a 
time consuming and, you know, I have to go through all this rigmarole and you have to come in and you have to be here for two hours and you need to come, you know, once a week kind of thing. So if it's something you'd like to try, it is a commitment. Would you agree with that? Um, you know, I think like treatment resistant depression, the idea is to do six treatments over a couple of weeks to build up enough new neural pathways to offset whatever brain structure you have, maybe whatever trauma patterns you have, maybe hereditary patterns and things that don't serve you. So, you know, doing it once for somebody like that may not be enough. But I would say for the majority of people, one time is going to be very significant. Maybe doing it a few more times is going to, again, build neural pathways like, you know, under in an MRI, they actually show that you're building new gray matter in your periaqueductal gray. So it's like, who wouldn't want to do that? Even if you weren't depressed, like who the hell wouldn't want to build their brain and their structure? So I think, you know, what he was really talking about, it was probably, you know, a protocol related to, you know, uh, treatment resistant depression and doing it enough times. But I think that sort of, you know, if you imagine that it's, been found to be 70% effective for people with treatment resistant depression to do a series of six and then maybe to do a few booster treatments during the year, you know, that doesn't sound so bad for the worst part. So if we're just, you know, talking about, hey, I have anxiety or, you know, I'm stressed or I'm just, you know, feel like I could be getting more out of, you know, myself, you maybe you need one or two or something like that. So I wouldn't look at it as a really significant uh, thing. I think, you know, when you compare it to, you know, the other things that people have to go to, like talk therapy, going to see a psychologist once or twice a week or taking an antidepressant every day and having that change in your brain chemistry permanently, you know, while you're taking it and building up or going to drug and alcohol rehab, you know, to me going and having this amazing hour or two, you know, it's not much of a, it's like almost a vacation for your brain. And, um, you know, my partner, Warren Gumpel and I, we are, we put the movie together with Lamar Odom. And, um, when we did that, we know that when it comes out, millions of people are going to want to learn more and try the treatment and things like that. So we've been setting up a medical ketamine at home, um, telemedicine guided session where we can help people all over the world are all over the country to begin with, but make it really cost effective. Try to get to millennials who, you know, before they go down the path of decades of, you know, antidepressants and talk therapy, let's try the ketamine. If it's successful for you, then maybe you don't need all that other stuff, but let's not have people go down years of, you know, all these things. And then after everything else doesn't work, try the ketamine. It's time in this crisis to flip the model and say, look, we have these safe compounds and we're not going to sit here and let anybody tell us that, you know, alcohol's good, tobacco's good, but you know, psilocybin mushrooms, no, that's bad. And even if you're in a crisis, you can't do it. Sorry about that. We made up the rule 60, you know, 40 or 54 years ago because we said you needed to study it for safety and you still can't use it. And it's like, no, you know what? We're in a crisis. I don't accept that. I know basic science and medicine. We're not adhering to that anymore. And I think we, and I love what you guys are doing because like we have to 
get this conversation further and further out so that we can address that right now and say, hey, before things get worse, and clearly they could get a lot worse than they are right now, that we have to use these things that could triage society right now so we don't have to go through maybe some of those really challenging things. We could interrupt that for ourselves and the youth and everybody. We need to get the traditional medical doctors to watch this new film that you have coming out and get them educated around it because it's that, you know, we there there is science behind this and psilocybin and the, and the research is so incredible and doing so great that we just need to, through hopefully educational discussions and through films like the ones that you're making, you know, change our, our thoughts about it by getting the traditional medical community to see the benefits of these and realize that, you know, instead of just going to a pill to cure something, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just manage it. But healing from within and dealing with it is, is really what's going to make us live the best lives. We know that all of these pharmaceuticals come with all these different side effects and things like that. So to know that there are these plant medicines that are having these amazing breakthroughs, especially during this global pandemic, I'm really excited to see how we can just start convincing the traditional doctors that this is really the way to go. And so I'm excited to see this film. And you said it's coming out this year. It's coming out soon. Yeah, it's going to be out soon. In a matter of uh, a number of weeks, it should be out. And um, yeah. we're going to try to make it available to everybody. Uh, that's our plan, to use the internet to make it available to everybody. And, um, you know, like you said, I think that's a good point to make because I think a lot of times people think there's this big conspiracy to suppress this stuff and not let it out. And it's really not that. It's just lack of education, you know. So doctors really don't know about it. And politicians don't know about it. So we as, you know, the, you know, the psychonauts, we as people who are open minded, we have to, you know, talk about our direct experience and educate these people. And I think if we once we do and, you know, kind of like what happened with cannabis, where, you know, people like, let's say my mom, who's, you know, almost 80 years old, you know, she'd always told, been told and told me, you know, earlier in life, you know, marijuana is bad. Don't do it. It's going to like stunt your brain growth or something. And, you know, now, you know, she's like taking a gummy and she's realizing like, wow, this is really good for my health. This makes my pain go away. So she's now doesn't really care what anybody says about it, good or bad or whatever. She's just like, this works for me. Uh, and now she's thinking, well, what else might work? Are these psychedelics, you know, could they be good for me? And I think that cannabis has really laid the foundation. But at the same time, I think what's beautiful is that people don't regard psychedelics as being quite so recreational as they do cannabis. And they're associating it more with medical. And so I think it's going to take a much faster track. Um, our goal is to get the word out, but also we want to approach Joe Biden and get to Joe Biden because his son, Hunter Biden, had a drug and alcohol addiction issue and he broke it using Iboga, just like Lamar used in the movie. And so when you, you know, when we go to Joe Biden and say, hey, look, if it's good enough for your son, it's got to be good enough for everybody else. And you've got to put a sweeping measure in right now that these plant medicines and catalysts are available because of this crisis right now. If you need it, you're not hurting anybody else. You know, if you feel like you or a family member need it, that's your prerogative. And, you know, go heal yourself if it's going to be possible. And I think, you know, I think that's going to resonate 
you know, with Joe Biden, because every single family has somebody that's touched by either mental health crisis or addiction right now. So it's not like we're in the past where you're like, oh, it's too taboo to talk about. No, it's like every family has this situation going on. So I think it's going to happen really soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't in 2021 that all psychedelics become at least not illegal and that there's a lot of money put behind, you know, um, you know, responsible use and harm reduction and things like that. That's, we started a nonprofit called the mind army that if you go to mindarmy.org, you can see where we're pounding the table for legislation right now. And I think all of us, you know, anybody listening, it's like time to step up. Like this stuff is safe. It works just because people don't know about it. Doesn't mean, you know, we have to take a slow train you know, to get this across, we have to move right now. And, you know, I, again, I don't like to be too negative, but, you know, I've, you know, had, you know, some level of visions for some of the things that might happen as this crisis gets worse with mental health that I don't think society's even ready for, you know, and I'll, you know, speculate that, you know, if, if people don't take this action right now and get to it, that, you know, what would happen if, you know, 50,000 teens committed suicide one day at the same time on some app or website, you know, the CDC says that one in four people between 18 and 24 years old have contemplated suicide during Corona, you know, 25%. So, you know, you can imagine an event where, you know, a huge number of people take their own lives out of desperation, and that's going to break down the fabric of, you know, society right there, and we're going to be in panic mode. And of course, then they'll jump right on, you know, these things, but I don't want it to get there. I don't think it needs to get there. We can just take the anecdotal evidence of millions of people doing this safely, and a lot of them with great benefit and say, hey, we're in a crisis. This calls for people to be able to take action for themselves in their own home with their own body and their own mind. And we're you know, as the Mind Army said, we're fighting for the right to pursue happiness. That's our inalienable right. And we're not going to be held back because people don't understand what's right and what's maybe, you know, the science behind this. Well, count me in on your army. I'm there. Join me too. We're in. We're a part we're of it. We're in. You know, because we've been seeing what's been happening with the, the decrim in cities like Portland or in DC, but I love that you're saying you're going straight to Joe Biden. Let's not, municipalities are on the small, let's think bigger, let's think of the entire country. So I appreciate that. And I, I really feel that, you know, not only Elizabeth and I being dedicated to this and really trying to raise awareness and, and, and hopefully through educational discussions, bring up these topics. But, you know, this is, this is just something that we know that everyone listening that's really into this, like they can, you can do something thing. We can all come together and be a part of this mind army and help change the perception and end these stigmas around plant medicine. So I just thank you so much for the work that you're doing. You never know. It's probably somebody on this podcast that could be the tipping point, you know, that tips Joe Biden or the right political person or the right doctor or the, you know, just some influencer. And so I, you don't really know where it's going to come from. I think having these kind of conversations is where, you know, somebody's going to resonate with you, Gina, somebody else might resonate with me, somebody else might resonate with Lamar Odom, somebody, you know, so it's like, we all have our person and our, 
you know, tribes that we resonate with. And I think as you know, the more we get this out and out, you know, that when there's all these, you know, examples of people like other people, it's going to be a lot easier for them to say, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I have nothing to lose right now. You know, the rest of it's not working and, and I'm in crisis and why don't I try this? And, you know, I've noticed, you know, my friends and people around me who've been microdosing psilocybin, you know, for the last few years. I mean, you know, these people, it's, it's like life changing. It's basically, you know, and when I've ever microdosed psilocybin, you know, I always sit there and I think, wow, this is probably what people who are in antidepressants who want to go on those, this is probably what they want to feel like. They don't, but this is what they're going for. You know, more joy, more energy, focus, like, wow. And that's so simple. You know, this stuff is just available, um, which is exciting. And then the last, one of the things I want to say, you know, to get in here is what's really exciting to me is that the next wave of psychedelics that's going to come is based on frequency. So the idea is that the future of medicine and the future of psychedelics is going to be frequency where instead of taking vitamin C, you know, an orange to get vitamin C and eating it, you can just give your brain the frequency of vitamin C. Mm -hmm. Your brain's going to cause an electrical reaction. It's going to cause a chemical reaction in your body. And you're going to get the benefit as if you took the vitamin C. And so when you extrapolate that over to psychedelics, all you have to do is basically clone the frequency of whatever psychedelic plant medicine you need, you want to take. You give yourself that frequency and you're not even going to have to take the physical substance to get the exact effect that you would get. And what's really exciting about that is at that point, it really can't be suppressed. You know, nobody can tell you you can't have a certain frequency. So it's, you know, and if you find yourself in some place where, you know, maybe there is no psilocybin for you to naturally take, that if you could get the same benefit from frequency, it basically levels the tables on, you know, who has access to what and what can be suppressed. And so I've already tried some of this and it's incredible. And there was an article from MIT lab where they had uh, duplicated the ketamine frequency and given it to mice in a trial and that it worked. And so, of course, you know, everything to do with frequency is going to be the future of psychedelics. And I'm, I'm really excited for that. That's the great equalizer right now. It is just such an exciting time. And, and we just appreciate you so much taking the time to, to be on our podcast. You know, we feel that, you know, this film, like we said, might've come out a couple years ago, but it is so relevant to the work that we're doing at PMP and just w within the larger plant medicine community in general. So if you haven't seen the film, you know, we really encourage our listeners to look up the reality of truth and be sure to also keep posted on Zappi's upcoming film, which we'll make sure that we promote and post on our blog and, and give links and everything as soon as it becomes available. So our listeners, Listeners can continue. We need to make sure that these films get in the hands of physicians and different folks within the med traditional medical community so that we can start opening their eyes to seeing how these plant medicines can really help so many people. So I want to thank you again so much for thank your time. You. you guys too. Congratulations. This is a great forum. And, you know, just this, you know, like I say, it's, it's people are going to resonate with you guys that may not resonate with me or somebody else. So it's so important that people, you know, just start keep having the conversation keep it going that's what it's about right now
Thank you. And can and you give us a couple links? I know that you mentioned the the Mind Army, but you know other links where people can find your films and learn more about the great work that you do. Sure. So yeah, you're going to want to check out mindarmy.org. Um, another one is zappyzappelin.com, Z-A-P-P-Y-Z-A-P-O-L-I-N.com. And the uh, stay tuned. I'm going to you know let people know more, and I'll let you guys know when the movie is going to be ready. Uh, but again, it's going to be released, uh, in the next number of weeks. And we want it to be just like the reality truth, you know, available for everybody. We don't want it to necessarily be like, you have to have, you know, Netflix or Hulu or HBO or whatever, you know, this really, this information needs to be out right now and we don't want to see it held up by anybody. Um, so it's coming out soon. So stay tuned, uh, for that. We love it. Thank you so much, Zappy, for joining us today. And thanks to our listeners for joining us on another episode of The Vine featuring Michael Zappy Zappelin's Psychedelic Concierge to the Stars. Please join us by subscribing to The Vine at Plant Media Project Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And for cannabis and psychedelic news, please visit us online and sign up for our newsletter at plantmediaproject.com. 